Welcome to this episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess. I'm Eric. And I'm Angie. We are married with a ton of kids. We have six kids total. He has three and I have three. My name's Hallie and I love riding horses. I'm Lexi and I love agriculture. My name's Carter and I love eating. My name's Chase and I love lifting weights. My name's Summer and I love spending my parents' money. I'm Dane and I love baseball. Our show is about our blended, blessed, and always a mess life. And our hope is if you find yourself in the same situation we are in, that by sharing our story, all the fun, and all the mess, the challenges we are experiencing, it will give you some inspirations, laughs, and community, knowing you are not alone in this mess. We appreciate you spending time with us. Let's dive in. This episode of Blended Blessed and Always a Mess is brought to you by Halley's House of Healing in Santa Rosa Beach on the legendary 30A Highway. If you and your family are looking for a place to relax, rejuvenate, and recharge, then think about the legendary 30A between Destin and Panama City, where in Santa Rosa Beach you'll find clear ocean, white powdery sand, all kinds of cute local shops and restaurants, And Halley's House of Healing is less than one mile from the beach. With golf cart option available, stay in this three-bedroom, three-and-a-half bath that comfortably sleeps 10 by booking now at Airbnb.com on our website, BlendedBlessedAlwaysAMS.com, or reach out to us on our Facebook or Instagram page and book directly there. Welcome to this week's episode of Blended Blessed and Always a Mess, where we are on location. We are live from Hallie's house in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. <laughs> Such like a that? radio voice. Well, it's what I've done for a long time. <laughs> it was there. I felt like I had to say it. So we're recording down at Hallie's house, which is available on Airbnb. You're a big fan. Come see what the rage is all about. So peaceful. That is the thing that we love. You did a wonderful job in finding a home that is one of the most peaceful, peaceful and quiet peaceful. places that I've ever been to. So Yeah, so we're huddled up in one of the bedrooms and trying to keep the kids chill. We're getting ready to go to dinner and they're blaring music. So we're kind of hiding out. Turn it down just Polly's at the door whining once, wants to get in, but we're, we're winging it because we need to get this out and shared. The plan is to record a couple more while we're here. So we have some at the can. Yes. The plan. That's the plan. Plans don't always work, but we're no. hopeful. So, so yeah, we're going to be down here into the first few days of the new year and excited about it. I don't know if I've, maybe I have, I don't know if I've ever rung in the new year someplace else, but I'm excited for like a fresh start for 2024 Mm -hmm. to just be somewhere not where you and I have grown up our entire lives. And so. And my parents are along and it's new for them too, to go somewhere for the holidays, after the holidays. And we're hoping for a very boring boring trip like the kids have already said yeah i'm kind of bored good good because do you remember like the trip the last, from hell well the trip from hell but even just the school year and finals and homework and all of that yeah that's been good so we made it through christmas last week and i i made it like last christmas our first christmas i know i've shared this a million times but i literally did not think I would make it through the night that night. It was so terrible, terrible. And it's not an exaggeration. No, I laid I, there and held her. I, I was contemplating if I was going to have to take her to the hospital. It was a long time. I just could not, I just could not breathe. Couldn't breathe. But this Christmas Eve, when we went to bed, like I didn't cry. 
And I don't know if it was because I was so exhausted, but it was the kids had a great Christmas, so I'm extremely grateful for that. Last podcast, we talked about the Christmas games. I gotta say real quick, I was actually scared to go to bed on Christmas Eve because I didn't. I didn't say it to you until the next day when everything went okay. But based on last year and being, it it was an awful. I mean, awful for you, awful for me, scary. I was kind of scared to go to bed, so I was pleasantly surprised when we woke up on Christmas Day. And did not have the same experience. So yeah. didn't mean that was better in your heart. No. It just meant I could that it breathe. was different. You could breathe. could breathe. It was different. And yeah, that does not mean that pain's gone. It'll never go away. But it was lighter. And I just really focused this year on new traditions and old traditions. And we did do the Christmas games. I think the kids at first thought, oh, God, mom playing games. Like, what is this about? This is going to be probably dumb. <laughs> Big hit. But they all loved it and multiple times said, mom, that was so fun. Thanks for planning that. So that was that was great. We had lots of laughs. We've got to share the video of the finale of the Candy Cane game with Jason Carter. Oh, my gosh. It's hysterical. It's it's a, a game. It's basic, to, yeah. You have to put a candy cane in your mouth and then use the hook of it to hook other candy canes on the table and get them on your plate. And whoever gets the most candy canes on their plate wins. Well, we did multiple rounds, and it got down to where it was. It was Carter and Chase, and like midway through, Carter realizes he's up by a couple, so he just starts using his cane to knock canes off the table. So chasing him, then he figures out he can hook because Chase won't expect it. He can hook the cane in Chase's mouth and just rip it right out of his mouth. Everyone's dying My laughing. God. We have it on video. It was vicious. I mean, their heads were, but I mean, their heads were <laughs> like butting rhinos. against each. Yeah, they lo- it looked like rhinos. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was yeah. so funny. So we played several games. That was one of them, and everybody had a great time. And it was a great, great idea that you had to change things up in our home yeah. and just give it a different vibe. But you had other great things that you did too to add on to old traditions, but also new ones. Well, I did the year in review. So we started out basically. That was awesome. I told the kids I have two things planned before we do the gift exchange. So also, um, if you hear our dog whining at the door, oh, I, I think you can hear that. I'm sure the, that they I think can. it's coming through. But anyway, so we did first did this candle lighting, and so I had five candles, and someone had sent this to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this. I have five kids. I'm going to make it into a ritual almost, or just a way to kick our Christmas Eve off together, honoring Hallie and talking about Hallie. And so there was five different sayings around hope, courage, grief, memories, and love. And they drew one of the sayings out of a cup, read it, and then lit a candle. And we just went around and did that. And it was, I thought it was a heartwarming way to just go, hey, Hallie, we're honoring you. We remember you. And then we did the year in review, which was like a 10 minute long video. I tried to capture everything that we did, like the highlights of the year. And the kids sat there, watched it for 10 minutes and they loved it. I did upload it to YouTube. They said, please don't share this with anybody. Because they didn't want some of the pictures shared, but it was awesome. (laughs) But it was so good. And it was just, I just kind of sat back and watched them. Like as pictures popped up, some were funny, some were like, you know, achievements that they had. And that part was really cool. And it was just warmed my heart. That's great. To see them all smile and enjoy their Christmas. 
Okay, real quick, going to get rid of the dog because I know she's coming through. We're going to have the kids take her out to the bathroom and, and one of the kids take care of Polly so that you're not hearing her whine in the background for the remainder of the podcast. But yes, I love seeing the kids with the, I can't wait for next year's year in review. It was so good. So that's a, a definite thing that if you have the time to put together for your family next Christmas, I would definitely recommend you do it. And you did a great job. Thanks. Yeah, I think now it's going to be like, hey, make sure that picture gets in the year of the review. <laughs> You're going to get you said, because people ask about pictures. Well, you send me pictures throughout the year, because a lot of some kids don't. And you did a great job of trying to get everybody in there often. But I think you're going to get a lot more photos and videos this year is what yeah, I think is going to happen. For now. sure. For sure. And then I think the last new tradition that you started that was super meaningful to me and made me cry is I shared with Eric a couple weeks ago that... You know, this Christmas it's hard because there's no presents for Hallie underneath the tree. Last year, I'd already purchased her presents and they were already wrapped in under the tree. And that was equally hard, too. And then you enter into this season of, like, there's nothing. There's nothing in her stocking hanging up. And so one night, close to Christmas, he's like, I heard you say that. And I'm going to make sure that Hallie has presents underneath the tree. And it was so sweet. And that's just another way to keep her memory alive, keep her alive. Because again, for anybody that has lost someone, especially a child, you fear people forgetting about them. And so he had seven gifts for Hallie so that everybody had one to open. And then it matched our number seven that's come up so much. Yes, all the sevens. And so it was so sweet because each person opened one up and it was all directly tied to her. So a gift card to Fringe, which she loved that store, and a gift card to Gina Hughes, which is her favorite spot to eat, which I think will be our tradition for her birthday every year is to go there and eat. Horse horse items. Horse, yeah, things for Phoenix. And it was just, it was super, super sweet. So he's going to keep that tradition every year. And then we had the existing ones where we had her picture on a chair. So she was sitting around the room with us. We really take our time opening gifts. We go one by one and rotate so that it takes longer. (laughs) They all want to like savor the moments. And then we did the kids gift exchange, which the kids brought up like, hey, are we going to do that this year? Because we didn't do it last year. We always draw names around Thanksgiving and we just obviously didn't do it last year. So That was cool, too, for the kids to, like, be thoughtful about and intentional about what the other person that they drew might like. And so we went around and and did that, and that's something we'll we'll keep doing. But it was good. I mean, Summer said it was her one of her best Christmases, which it made my heart smile. And I never would have thought my kids would have gotten to that point to say that. So made my heart smile for her. But a reminder that I will never be the same. (laughs) And so you live in the joy of seeing your kids thrive. But like, I will never say that. I will never be able to say this was one of my favorite Christmases. Yeah. No way in beep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Will I ever be able to say that? And, but yet as and a that's parent, an acceptance. As a, as a parent, you hope that your kids have many more Christmases. That's for me. That's for me. That's not, my hope for them. Like, so it's like this constant push and pull, yang and yang, constant contradiction of that makes me so happy for my kids. I want that for them, but knowing I won't ever have that. And I think that's the complexity of life that we all live in. And how do you, how do you balance that out? And so I did go to bed that night 
not feeling as heavy because we collectively pulled off a great Christmas for our kids when we are internally this was struggling. A, yeah, I this was a really weird Christmas for me. I went through all the motions, very little joy. Didn't watch a single Christmas movie. That's always one of my favorite things to do. Didn't watch one. No Christmas vacation. No Christmas story. No elf. None of it. No white Christmas. Never felt... I prayed a lot and was grateful for Jesus's birth, but I never felt any real joy in the actual Christmas itself. Very glad to spend time with our kids when we could. Just something felt Mm -hmm. off. It didn't feel like Christmas to me. Because again, last year was a blur. And this this was very a real Christmas where we were missing mm-hmm. somebody, and not that we weren't last year, but like it was really real, right? Well, so last year we were in fight or flight mode, yeah. and so nothing, nothing about life felt normal. Now you're getting back to normal, air quotes normal for what everything around, like what everything around you is happening. That's feels normal. Yeah. For everybody else. But now we're trying to figure out like what are those traditions, what's normal, air quotes, going forward look like for us. And we are definitely still <laughs> we do not have that figured out. No, not not even a little bit. So Christmas Day came and, and the kids all went to their other families. Again, this is a blended podcast, and so they went to their other families for the day. And you know, last year was really emotional, a lot of tears. Uh, we went through a lot of highlights things, which, you know, is where we found the quote from John thirteen seven that I'm staring at right now, which said, You do not understand what I am now doing, but someday you will. This year we just stayed busy all day. Yeah. We, we, were, we got up and took kids and then we started working. I came home and she was already taking from out running, from running yeah. Dane and uh, some gifts we had forgot for my sister Lauren's son, Levi, who is mine and Hallie's godson. And we forgot I dropped those off. And by the time I got home, she was taking taking trees down and Christmas. And I was like, well, yeah. I guess we're doing this. Yeah. All right. Well, we were so we we're, we're leaving the next day and be and we're going to be gone for a while. So it's like, OK, when are we going to take this stuff down? So, well, might as well do it today. Yeah. So we knocked that all out and packed up and we just, we worked on Christmas day. <laughs> all day. It was like, we watched a little bit of the Chiefs game. They were awful that day. We did but go, we went to see Phoenix. Well, we saw Phoenix, Phoenix, but it was an exhausting day. Like it wasn't like, oh, let's sit around and enjoy Christmas. Let's celebrate Jesus. No, we worked all day on Christmas. And I think that was just our way of coping. Yeah, totally. It was just how we coped yep, for the day. For sure. For sure. And then we got in the car the next morning at 3 a.m. and loaded up the kids and took two cars and we drove down to Hallie's house and it was very uneventful, which was Thank you, Jesus. A blessing that it was uneventful. Traffic was the most biggest thing we dealt with, traffic. So, yes, I liked it. And so now that we're here, we're here with Angie's mom and dad, Kenny and Alice, who we love coming to Florida with. And the kids love it when Grandma Alice makes her famous fried chicken and at night, though, you guys have been playing some cards, which has yeah. been fun. Got yeah, it has new, been fun. Brand new deck of cards. Yeah, we got new cards, and they love playing sevens and kings in the corner. My parents love playing that game, those games, and so do my kids. And so one night, Chase, my my parents, and myself, we were playing sevens, and all of a sudden, it was like. Well, who who has the eight of hearts because that's holding us up and no one being able to continue on with the game and nobody had it. And we 
we're like, what the hell? Like, this is so weird. We literally had just played a game. Right. And you use all the cards. And your mom had played solitaire that morning and had all the cards. And now yes. all of a sudden, the eight of hearts is just gone. And it's not like, so I'm a minimalist. And so it's not like I have a bunch of stuff sitting around. There's nothing sitting around. And we looked everywhere for the eight of hearts. And it's everywhere. gone. Gone. And it was just funny because my mom and I both had the same same sort of instinct. The next day, thinking about it, like, what could have happened to that card? And I thought the same thing. I just didn't say it out loud. And then mom said it. I'm like, I literally thought the same thing. Is like, is that a sign from Hallie? Because there's eight of us here. Why the eight of hearts went missing? Is that her way of saying, hey, I'm with you? I don't know. Yeah. Or before she passed, our crew was eight. Yeah. And then it went down to seven. So the eight of hearts has to go. I don't know. It could be many things. But like we've talked about the book that you love so much, Signs. Like when you're looking at the signs, that's when you you recognize, hey, she's showing up, making sure we know that she's here. Yeah. So my dad's reading that book now. He's a, we are doing StoryWorth right now with him for a year. And it's where you get emailed questions every week. And then you type in your answer and it puts together this book to share with everybody. So I'm doing it with my dad. And one of the questions was today, who is like a hero to you? And he was like, Navy SEALs, mm-hmm. they're heroes. Yeah. And it's so funny because that's not what I was thinking in my mind. But when he said it, I'm like, oh, totally for my dad, because he loves reading any type of book that's around a military or war or, you know, Navy SEALs or something like that, like in that realm of of topics. And so I told him on this trip, I'm like, I have a book for you to read. And I gave him that signs book to read. <laughs> he's plugging away. Yes. But he's like, I've had, he's had to put it down a couple of times because it makes him cry his eyes out. Hmm. He couldn't even tell me the story yesterday. He was like, do you remember the story about the guy and his love for Elvis? And I'm like, I don't specifically remember that one. And then he just like starts bawling. And mom's like, he hasn't even been able to tell me that story yet. Hmm. He's like, I think she's like, I think he needs to put the book down. <laughs> but, but why? And we, him and I were talking about it later. I'm like, this why I love that book because, like the Eight of Hearts that goes missing, reading the signs book will tell you that those are not coincidences. Like, that's all your loved ones trying to tell you that I am with you if you are in tune to it. And it just solidifies what you already kind of think. Anyway, so numbers, dad said that too. He's like, the the book's all, it's about numbers, like how numbers play a role. I'm like, oh yeah, totally. Okay, so then. Biblically, numbers are huge. So then one thing we had to do this week while we're down here is dial into another court hearing. And we don't like talking about this at all on the podcast, but it's just part of where we're at and what happens when you lose a child to homicide. And those words are so hard for me to even say out loud. I'd rather soften it, but I was talking to my parents about it too on this trip. I'm like, who am I softening it for? I'm softening it for other people so it doesn't sound so harsh, but homicide is means killed by another person. And Hallie was killed by another person. You can't dispute that. It's on her death certificate. But I don't ever say that. Because we don't. We just go with whatever. It's so harsh sounding. So I'm softening it for other people to hear it. But that's not soft for me. 
Like the reality, the harsh reality of it is that is what happened to her. Anyway, so I'm getting off the topic, but like dialing into a court hearing because we're down here, it makes my skin crawl. It messes me up. I mean, you feel messed up anyway, It, but it's on a whole nother level to experience that mm-hmm. whole scenario. And let me just dot T's and cross I's. If you're following along, which a lot of people in Missouri are, the other person was charged with involuntary manslaughter. But as we talked about in an earlier podcast, Hallie's death certificate says and reads, cause of death, homicide. Definition, to be killed by another person. So it's just a, a technical thing in the court system where they change terms. And in this case, it is considered manslaughter. So... That's the deal. Just want to make sure that we cross T's, dot I's as we prepare for all the future stuff. So talking about numbers, they set a pretrial hearing for March 19th, and then the actual trial starts April 2nd. Ironic about these numbers, March 19th is my dad's birthday. April 2nd is my mom and Lexi's 21st birthday. How in the actual hell... Did Do that they pick happen? Those dates, yeah. How did that happen? And there is no way anybody can that's Hallie. convince me that's not Hallie saying, "I got you. I am with you. I am here. I'm here." Yeah. How? Also, I don't want to miss Grandma and Grandpa's birthday or Lexi's twenty first. Because <laughs> that's how she yeah. Is. I'm just gonna also make that really special for them. <laughs> I mean. That's that's totally Hallie would be like, watch this. I'm going to make this on you guys' birthdays just for fun. 100% for, that's what she does. Just for shits and giggles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's how she is. So since Hallie wants to be part of their birthdays and they're down here with us, I'm going to try to get them on our next podcast. They actually don't like to openly talk about things. They don't like being on the... <laughs> podcast. I don't like to openly discuss the grief. But I shared with them while recently we were in a discussion down here, deep discussion. One of my good friends, Terry, sent me this saying, and I'm like, oh my God, that's so powerful. And I I was sharing it with my mom. I'm like, this is why it's important to talk about things. And it's very simple. It's emotions buried alive never die. Mm, So true. So I'm like, you know what that means, right? Like, Carter says, I'm going to bury that shit deep. Mm-hmm. Like you're burying it alive means they'll never go away. You will never work through them. You will never heal from them. If you don't openly talk about your challenges and your struggles in life, and it could be anything. Sure. And I suck at it. I really do. Like Eric's giving me the. I'm not even looking at you. God, I'm scared to even. I'm look not even looking at her. <laughs> I can't look at her right now. Because it's hard to be vulnerable, but that's what it really means is to be able to share it. And so my two topics for them, I said, I would love to have you on the podcast and talk about what you have learned from going through this grieving process in the last year, losing a granddaughter. And then second, what it's like for you to lose a granddaughter, but then also to watch your daughter go through this horrible time and you're helpless. Yeah. Because that's also what it's like for you. We just had this conversation today. This morning. Uh, yeah. Well, today's I live the 29th. In a new hel- I live in a new helpless world. And it's like. Well, today's the 29th. So it's now, you know, 13 months. Yep. And Eric said, you feel like it feels like you're off today. And I'm like. I mean, that's most days, but. Yeah. And so it's like, 
yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's every day. And he's like, well, like, what can I do? And I know in his mind, he's saying, thinking, how can I fix this? It's maybe it's something I probably did, or it's like, no, it's, I love you. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? How can I I want to fix it. And then it puts it on me. Of then I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I can't when she even, says it puts it on me. Well, because, because I don't understand that. I don't. I'm I not trying like, to put anything on you. I'm trying to take something from you. I know, but there's nothing you can take. So then it makes me feel bad because I'm like, there's nothing. And then you stand there helpless. And I don't. Then I almost feel like I need to come up with something. That I need to try to think of something for him to help <laughs> me with. The listeners are like, oh my God, they just went deep into it right here. We thought we were, they were wrapping anyway, up. Anyway, we're now. both like, maybe we need couples therapy to like, help us go, navigate this. I was like, let's go see a counselor because I, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm listening. I'm sorry. I'm listening intently to what you're telling me, but I'm not hearing you like i'm not comprehending what you're saying because what i'm hearing is you're thinking that now i'm putting it on you and it's like no i'm wanting to take something from you like help me carry your burden help me help me walk this grief with you and carry your load but, you're hearing is now i'm putting it on to you and i'm like somebody's got to help us walk you, through that there's literally nothing else i could come up with for you to do you do so much i mean all the time and i just have to sit in it and so when i I'm at a point a year into this where I feel like then I become a burden to other people because I'm being sad and then it makes them sad for me and makes them want to try to fix it and there's nothing they can do. So what you end up doing after a while is you fake it. And then yeah, you, and I then don't you like feel that. like... Guys, we don't ever like when they fake it. You know what I'm talking about? Well, so um, we really don't like this either. But that's the reality <laughs> of it. And so... Then it's like, well, shit, I can't sit here and be sad because he's going to want to try to fix it and feel helpless. So it's just this vicious circle. So I do think, I do think we have to, we will have to at some point engage some sort of grief counselor to figure out like, are we, is there something else we could be doing different or communicate differently? Yes. Because I, I we think so. go in circles a little bit. That's, but that might, that's, that's a whole other podcast. That's another Maybe podcast. We, you know what we should do is find a grief counselor and have them on the podcast with us. <laughs> They're going to be like, I can't can... treat you and be on your podcast. <laughs> I guess you can. They're like, we can't <laughs> do that. So, uh, but no, I mean, I think, you know, here we are down here with your mom and dad and they're got all these things they could share. So let's yeah. make this the precursor to what's next week as we get Kenny and Alice on the podcast. And I tell them if they're not on, they got to walk home. So, sound good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'll just tell them how it's going to be. I'm pretty sure we'll get them on the podcast then. I think so too, because they don't want to walk that far. No. I love it. Mm-mm. All right. Well, we are going to gather our beautiful family that is uh, with us here in Florida, and we're going to go to a nice family dinner tonight. So I think everyone's dressed and ready but me. So I'm going to hop in the shower. We're going to get ready to go to dinner, and uh, we look forward to talking with you guys next week with Kenny and Alice, Angie's mom and dad, to walk through this grief together. Have a wonderful week, and God bless, and Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to Blended Blessed and Always a Mess. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at blendedblessedalwaysamess.com. Reach out to us on any of our social channels. We would love to hear from you. Have a great week.